This is the most naked of my writing still date. Fear still gnaws at my inside as I try to post this. The good thing though, it is an ever after story. I have been on a journey, a personal one. I know this sounds cliched and almost pedestrian, but this is my reality. Up until this moment, I have powered through existence with well-informed self-motivation. Faith and service have also carried me at some point. By faith, I mean a plethora of belief system I would not mention, so I would not be charged with libel by some who practice the same. I have come to rest with faith through Christ as a pathway to God. Yet, I found myself still looking and journeying through murky waters. My journey has been fun, sometimes very heartbreaking. Some were foisted on me. These I have come to accept but not embrace. Others I have brought up on myself. And these are the ones I struggle with the most because I tell myself, Tumishi, you know better. In my over three decades of existence, I have done everything with fear and trepidation, even my job which I love so much. Whenever I hear someone say, wow, that girl is confident, ambitious, aloof, proud, I just shake my head in inner self-derision and say, if you only knew the amount of fear and anxiety that has brought me here. Fear and anxiety are words that have become personal companions and I carry them everywhere I go, pretty much like my shadows. I was afraid. The face of the inner devils that play ten-ten in my head with graphic pictures of painful realities. I was anxious to push headlong in anything I needed to do, from friendship to even mundane things like sleeping. Then my health began to deteriorate my relationships became strained i read more about complex personalities and that gave me peace for a time then after an unexplainable threat of ill health i ended up with a psychiatrist this double of a doctor had to be sold to me I have loved psychology and psychiatry for as long as I can remember, so I had always thought I'll be the one who will be the emotional surgeon. Never have I seen myself in the proverbial love chair that sat in the corner of a psychiatrist's office. To get on this journey, I told myself and convinced myself I was going to see a mind doctor and since I tend to process and internalize things, it took my doctor two solid hours to break through my intellectual facade. No, I'm not a very smart person, just cerebral, but when it comes to allowing someone in my head, I am dogged. Then after two and a half hours, the diagnosis I had known was always there, but refused to acknowledge was handed down. Doctor, speaking to my husband, do you think she's depressed? My husband, playing with his phone and presenting his side view. Maybe, but she almost always comes out of this. And the doctor turns to me. I know you read a lot and I'm pretty sure you know you are depressed and suffer from social anxiety. I shrug in my head with a smile. Oh well, I said out loud. And then doctor, one more thing. I think you should also read about automatic negative thinking syndrome, ANTS. You say? 
I nod my head and telling the person in my head that no one could see. <laughs> Babe, that you've got. That you've got. The silence. And then I say, I didn't think that was a condition on whether there was a name for it. And the doctor smiles in silence. I must say, my respect for this doctor grew. He used my strengths to make me understand I had a mental health question. Some of my friends, and especially my dad, would agree. But he made it so beautiful, I almost wanted to start dancing. There's a cure. There is a cure. Anxiety and worry almost always lead to wrong decisions. You are anxious to make a mistake that you jeopardize the real you foreshaft. You know how they say whole wheat bread is good for you, but you would rather the bromate infested in succulent white agege bread. For those who do not know, agege bread is the bread baked in many Lagos local bakeries. Nothing wrong with them, other than they are not certified by NAFDAC, that's the National Agency for Food and Drug Administration. Yes, anxiety tells you there's no need to make any effort. Belly good is good enough. After all, what's the point of good? Better or best? When there is barely good? Anxiety makes you long to reach for the best, but always reaching for the last best because anxiety tells you, very much like it told King Solomon, all is vanity. And that is true if you are the center of it rather than God. <laughs> Even writing God in English times breeds lots of controversy that anxiety will tell you you're being a religious bigot. Anxiety will make you compromise, then lead you to the altar of self-rejection and dump you there with no hope of a ram stuck in the bushes by the horn. Anxiety led me like a sheep to her sharer and almost always stripped me naked, especially when I found a relationship. <laughs> I was on either side of the spectrum. By the time I was 18, I was locked in a relationship that was obviously abusive. Not physically, but all forms of emotional abuse was handed down. I couldn't walk out of this relationship because I feared I would not find anywhere else I could be secure. You see, he was more than half my age older, but all I could see or chose to see was how he cared for me or made love to me which was very exciting. In hindsight now, that's all we had. He was much older and, well, cast over to the boat. He, however, respected me, or so I thought, enough to keep me number one again, so I thought. So you can imagine how much my heart broke in pieces when he told me he was getting married to another while making love to me. My pride was so bruised. I didn't cry in front of him though. I just walked away, took the next available bus to school and cried. It wasn't like I was faithful to him either, to be fair. He had once told me that he felt he was cheating me from leaving like a proper teenager or young adult and encouraged me to see boys my age and then I could make a more informed decision. 
I didn't question this. And for a long time in the history of my dating years, I wore him like an albatross and told anyone who wanted to date me there was someone else. If you're cool, fine. If not, bye. This season in my life further gave root to my emotional instability. I call it instability now, while the truth is the seeming uncertain emotional undulations of what has shaped my worldview till date. Some of this are extremely painful, others are well, waters under the bridge. My attachment to male attention and my inadequate experience responding to these admirers caused me to have a long list of men in my life. My awkward relationship with men started as early as six. Of course, it was not a good experience and not one I really like to talk about. A lot of people, my parents included, did not think I represented that day well. However, a medical evaluation and my photographic memory tell me different. It is a classic example of, a, of the Yoruba adage that says, any meaning simply he will make a mess can easily forget he made a mess or the reason he made the mess but this person who cleans up after him would remember the effects of this for a long time the effects of this early encounter was a twisted mind relationship with the masculine gender. The men in my community took a good advantage of my parents' lack of response and I, on the other hand, knew no one to whom I could confide. I am an only girl and since my father had his tendencies, at least that's how I saw it, and I say it here with utmost respect and regard for him. We had a lot of guys, young and viral, around us per time. These people came to my dad for mentorship or something of sort, and my brothers and I were left in their care. In fairness to my parents, they wouldn't have thought that these people that were trying to help would cause any damage, but they were wrong. Although not all our caretakers took advantage of me, but they were enough to mess with minus and mine for a long time, if not forever. In this long list of darkness, I find two friends. One of them genuinely wanted a relationship with me, and the other was just a friend. The first woman we called today for the purpose of this and the fact that he has since died and I would love to respect his memory, and honor what I now know was true undiluted love. Today was one person in the fact the first outside my immediate family who knew about this unfortunate incident. I was barely 11 and he was 13. But he would look out for me and protect me when we were at playgrounds or when he saw anyone I had reported him to. Unfortunately, I could never return his affections. Now I know why. Then I just felt it was weak. That the real men were the ones who had the guts to call my father's bluff by molesting me. Twisted, I know, but that was my reality. Tunde was very faithful to me and my emotions, I must say. Even in all my unfaithfulness to him, he waited till I got married before he moved on. Unfortunately, he was killed before he could give his heart totally to someone else whom could have treated his heart better. 
The second was in my secondary school days. This one is a story for days, but it's worth writing about because I do not know if he was trying to be nice or he was just absolutely crushing. I had a boyfriend who was of a different tribe than mine and was quite a catch for the other tribe. My boyfriend at the time stood by me. I choose to believe that, but I felt good all the same and his action put me in the A-list register. Before long, our love was painted with lies and maybe he took the portrait and hung it in the front of his heart. It was a boarding school, so everyone knew everyone's business. Without a question, he moved on and I once again began the Mona Lisa of my set with an enigmatic smile that said, Don't worry, I'm okay. It's just another disappointment. You will leave. Chichoke is what we will call my friend. He chose the spirit to befriend me. He would sneak to the uncompleted building right after prep and just talk. No kissing, no hand-holding, just two friends or misfits looking for solace, or so I thought. I used to think in my head, why wouldn't he ask me out? Maybe it was just not good enough. Whatever the reason JJK and I never ended up together, I remember that relationship with warmth in my heart. It was pure and I still feel my heart bursting in my chest whenever I think of our long waltz talks and reading time together. My unnoticed batting lashes and bell in distress moves with Chijeke always brings a smile to my anxious heart. There I say that Chijeke's love gave me some hope that there were still good men out in the world. And that hope was kept alive till I became a missus. I look forward to the day I will see Chijeke again and tell him what help his friendship gave to my anxious heart. This piece was first written in 2016 and first published on Tumblr with the title Save Me, I Am Drowning. Thank you for listening to Mindfully with Tumishi. Until next time, love yourself, love your neighbor, love your country. Above all of this, love God. He is the essence of your being. For details on Mindfully with Tumishi and everything that has to do with Ulua Tumishi, please visit www.blackimages.com or just the show link. Until next time, bye for now.